Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Have you ever experienced something that made you question the laws of physics? What would you do if you went to work every day knowing you might witness something paranormal? What if you had to convince someone that something supernatural just happened? Today, we test the believability of the haunted Carnegie Library of Homestead. Welcome to Believing the Bizarre, where we dive into the unknown and the unusual. And tell you whether or not we find it believable. That is right. We are finally back on track. Back on time. We are recording like four days before it goes out. <laughs> like usual. Yes. Not that we're ever topical. No, the no. The Baker Mayfield one. Yeah, there's no reason why we shouldn't like stat these, but. Yeah, but that's what we did. Charlie got back from Florida. Florida. I did go to Florida. Yeah. And uh, so this is what we're going to do, because I think there's a lot to unpack with that. And it's like one of our first trips we took. No, I didn't take it, but things happen. So we're going to we're going to push that at the end of the episode. So yeah. if you're interested to hear about Charlie's trip and you want to hear some stuff happening in my life, that'll be at the end of the episode after the main stuff. Yeah. You know, we want to content forward. You guys, you guys want to hear about the haunted Carnegie Library of Homestead? I want to hear about the haunted Carnegie Hall of Homestead. <laughs> you just threw some extra words in there, too. <laughs> some keyword fillers. <laughs> That's me. Yes. This is a listener submission. What? From, really? Yeah. Oh, I was... From Beck. You know what's crazy? I was going to ask you when your next listener was. I thought... Right <laughs> now. <laughs> I didn't know. In real time, right in front of you. Snap. Also one of our patrons, by the way, Beck. Thank you, So Beck. shout out, Beck, for both supplying us with content and being a patron supporting the podcast. Just all around good dude. All around. Yes. So let's dive in. So, what is this library? What What's so special about it? What's the history of this library? First things first, it's in the Pittsburgh-ish area. That oh. like it's not it's not in the city of Pittsburgh. It's like a suburb of Pittsburgh. It's about fifteen minutes away, east. I shouldn't say this, but I actually really like Pittsburgh, dude. I love the city. Of I, it's kind of cool. It's like a the, fun city. The way it's set up. Oh, with is the, the, so neat with the the uh, bridges. That yeah, you can walk over. I went there like eight years ago, and like we left at nine thirty at night. We're you, gonna lose you all were, our Cleveland cred. You were watching Twenty One Jump Street, Alex, oh, okay. our apartment. I'm like, we're me and my wife. If she wasn't my wife at the time, Claire, we were like, we're gonna go find the rubber duck in Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Great time, great time. Which is funny because Beck knows that we're Ohio sports fans, or especially I'm a big Browns fan. So this is an exact quote from him. He said, quote, I know you guys are from Ohio, but today you have to be Pittsburgh fans. Oh, I feel greasy. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I am a fan of the city, but all of your sports teams can suck it. Yeah, no. I went through with my wife like two years ago just to, like for like funds. It was, it was so much fun. There was probably like a six-year stretch where once a year we went. She, it's just a cool city. She worked there like a couple times. What? Like, like she would go there, travel, stay there overnight. Okay, I got you. I thought you meant like work for six months, leave. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. So, what is the Carnegie Library of Homestead? It's Pittsburgh-ish library. I'll get to the exact location. And it was founded by Andrew Carnegie himself in 1898. 
Andrew Carnegie was one of the biggest catalysts to the expansion of the steel industry in America, which makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Because Pittsburgh is the steel city. Mm-hmm. You know, because that, that football team with the aging quarterback. <laughs> yes. They beat us, so I can't. I can't. They always beat us. <laughs> what else is new? So the Carnegie Library of Homestead is one of 2,500 Carnegie Libraries worldwide, but it's the third oldest in continuous operation. I think I feel like they threw that in there. Like there's some older than it, but they like they close for like a week during Christmas. Yeah, and they're like continuous, <laughs> continuous. We don't shut our doors. But it's also much more than a library, which is pretty awesome. It also is a music hall. They do shows and concerts. You have to do it really quietly because it's a library. Shh. Get out of my it's, head. It's just, <laughs> it's just Jason Mraz and like uh, <laughs> Ben. What's his name? Ben. Not Ben Platt. That's Jerry oh, Hansen. I would go ben, see Jason Mraz. Not Jason Mraz. I mean, Jason Mraz. What's the guy's name? Ben. Sherbert? Nope. Oh, I don't know. Ben. Maybe it's not Ben. Jack Johnson. Oh. It sounds like a Ben name though, right? <laughs> and they're just quietly chilling out. Yeah. And Dave Matthews. They also have an athletic club with a heated pool, batting cage, weight room, and a full-size basketball court. What is this? Sign me up. I'll get a library. I have a library card for the North Can Public Library. It's been like a year and a half, and I still don't have it. It's well, just- do they have a full batting cage and basketball court? No. Oh, or a heated go. pool. I feel like all they need is like a roller coaster and a lemonade stand, and it's, <laughs> no, it's good to go. Basically Disney World. Or a Cedar Point, which is what we have. In Ohio. Yeah, I'm really not sure how much reading is happening at this <laughs> library. I'm going to the library, Mom. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely not going to go play baseball. Yeah, or basketball. <laughs> or swim. That's insane. So it is called Homestead, but where it is technically now is called Munhall. M-U-N-H-A-L-L. I think there's still a homestead, though. I looked at Google Maps. I'm kind of confused, but who am I to judge? I'm just a big old loser from Cleveland. <laughs> And it's about 15 minutes east of Pittsburgh, like I said, so that you can visualize it okay. and see it. Okay, cool. And according to Beck, because remember, this is his story. I mean, he he's not Andrew Carnegie. He didn't. I put a little bit of my own flair in there, but this is his story. And he claims that Carnegie Library of Homestead is easily one of the most notorious haunted places in Pittsburgh to ghost hunt. Really? Wow, that's interesting. I had no idea. Yeah, and, and normally maybe during a library I'd be like, mm. although I, I I do like libraries and I like bookstores. Do you like going to a bookstore like a BAM? I like a, I like a good bookstore. I don't like libraries because I feel upset because I can't own them. I can't own all these books. I don't books. know. I'm weird. I can only check them out for free. I'll, you know what the nice thing about the library is though? When you go to check out, they're like, oh, look, you could, wow, you could get one of these three magazines. Do you want one? Do you want one of these ones? Do you want one of these magazines? It's free for right now. I, I get a rush when I turn them down. I hate that. No, I don't like it either. There's sometimes I will avoid going to it because of that. I know the workers are just doing what they have to do, mm-hmm. but ooh, I hate that. But let's talk about Beck's story. So what has Beck heard over the years? So th- so we're going to get to his actual main experiences, but this is just like a collection of things he's heard and what his usual day was like. Hey, Beck. I don't What's know. What's up? How's your day going? <laughs> so as a local to the Pittsburgh area, Beck knew a lot about the library and heard many of the myths and ghost stories that people would talk about. For instance, people would claim to see dark figures throughout the library They would hear strange noises, and items, especially books, would move on their own. Many people in the area tend to believe that there are multiple ghosts and or energies that dwell in this library, and it's rationalized that the spirits are of mill workers since it was so common in that area, and others believe that Andrew Carnegie himself actually haunts the library. Apparently, there was like this big fight where like 16 mill workers died right by the library around the time that this happened. There was this, know how? It was like a big union worker fight. Oh, where, so they shot them all? I don't know how they died. Uh, oh, okay. But there was death and sadness. And now there's a library with a basketball court. <laughs> so now let's talk about the employees a little bit. So we're getting these ideas and experiences from employees because 
Beck used to work at this library. Oh, That's why this is a story. He's not just sharing a story with us. Like, hey, I did research (laughs) for you guys. No, he actually worked there. So that's where he gets his experiences from. You work somewhere haunted. I did? You do right now. Oh, my school? Literally today the door opened. And then (laughs) one of the kids said the funniest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) like, (laughs) I'm not going by there. The bodies are there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's where the dead, the, all the kids see these dead ghosts, <laughs> and you're just like, so trigonometry <laughs> or the hypotenuse. The kindergartners all freak out all the time. No one knows why. <laughs> they just run away screaming. <laughs> Go right to the principal's office. <laughs> so Beck claims that many of the workers felt a heavy presence around them randomly throughout their shifts, and it would come and go as if someone would be passing by and watching their every move. For minutes, at a time, you would feel like someone or something was just completely and intensely watching and focusing on you. And then out of nowhere, the feeling would dissipate. And this isn't location specific either. Like if you go here, then this, or if you go here in the library, this bathroom, then that. Oh, just all over. Yep. It was pretty much feeling like you're being watched everywhere you are inside the library. In the actual physical part of the library that isn't a fun house and or amusement <laughs> park, yeah, uh, employees would claim to see books literally fly off the shelf. Like you're just in the library and a book just comes flying at you. Does this place have a large selection of books or is it just like a pamphlet? No, this is huge. This oh, okay. is a huge library. Wow, that's cool. It's big. Probably really old books. Probably. Dusty. And they're haunted. And haunted. Others claim to hear disembodied voices. And the music hall, which we talked about with Jack Johnson, is apparently a hot spot for paranormal activity. There's like a balcony area, and a lot of people claim to see shadow figures walking up on the balconies. Some folks hear music when none is being played. Some people hear voices, whispers, and shouts called out, and even capture apparitions throughout the audience. Now, Beck never witnessed this firsthand in the music hall, But he did feel uneasy there, and apparently that specific section of the library, the music hall, it was so intense the way that it felt that he tried to avoid it at all costs. Wow. Yeah, he said it was dark and heavy, and like you were meant to feel sad. Really? That's crazy. Yeah. Bad juju. So, Beck's encounters, right? So, where exactly did Beck work inside the Carnegie Library of Homestead? Do you have a guess? Yeah, what do you do? I guess he would... He, oh, I know. He was a bounty hunter for the late fees. <laughs> he would. It's like the repo person, but for the library. Yeah. No, I don't. Maybe the batting cages. I have no idea. That's a good guess. He worked inside the athletic club, also known as the basement pool. Oh, cool! Oh my god, that's cool. I would go there. He was like a lifeguard. Oh, Imagine okay. I'm a lifeguard. Oh, where at the library? <laughs> Just Moby Dick in it. So not only was he a lifeguard in a library, he was a lifeguard in a library with a pool in a basement. So it's a basement pool in a library that happens to be haunted. Yes. that's There's many facets to, to that work environment. There are. Yeah. Like no windows, you're in the basement, it's dark, and it's a haunted building, but you're in a pool with like showers and locker rooms yeah but upstairs you have to be quiet yes you can do all the splashing and do you do like a cannonball like shh quiet 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 (laughs) splashes little splashies ironically even though he was familiar with all the stories and everything all the myths he didn't buy into any of it he considered himself a very harsh skeptic when it came to ghosts okay obviously before he worked here (laughs) i wonder if he would have liked our show before that i don't know I think we do a good job of being skeptical a lot. I think we actually, <laughs> I think we appeal more to skeptics sometimes than people that really dive oh. into some of this stuff. I guess that's, I don't know. Whatever. That's cool. No, I have no problem being me a hundred percent always. So I don't, it doesn't bother me. I just think some, some shows they're like, some shows are like our Instagram polls <laughs> where everything <laughs> is real Everything happens. I swear to God. I could put, like, a dragon came in and <laughs> took Charlie away. Yes or no. And people will be like, yeah, yes. it happened. Yeah. It'll be 48%, like 48%. Yeah. yeah. 
anyway, here's what it was like. Here's a typical shift for Beck in this basement pool of this haunted library. So he's a lifeguard. He was the only one on duty. And the only other employee at the time would be working upstairs. And he had, I guess what you could call the night shift. So he worked from 6 p.m. to 9.15. I don't know. He's going to swim at a library at 8.30 at night. We did that all the time in Akron. We really did have our best production meetings in the The Whirlpool. The Whirlpool. Yeah. Yeah. Before anything. Before we were even doing anything important. Not yeah. that we're doing anything important now, <laughs> but before we actually did anything, when we just had the ideas of doing stuff, we would go to the Whirlpool. I, I did actually think about that. We did that pretty late. But when Beck, not in the library though, when, <laughs> when Beck would sit on lifeguard duty, he says that you could see through these glass doors by the pool and they would go back to locker room. So one, one of the doors would go to the men's locker room and the other door would go to the women's locker room. And quite often... Beck says he would catch a black shadow figure that would walk into the men's locker room through the glass doors and then just never come back out. So he would just see it go in and that's it. And, and he has to lock up. You know what I mean? Uh. Like, you, like imagine it's like 845. You're done in the last half hour and you see this and it's empty. There's no one. There's no one swimming in there at 845. And then you just see the shadow figure kind of appear out of nowhere in the distance. And it walks in this locker room. How many That's times? Terrible. How many times do you see that, and and check and find no one before you just start assuming it's not a person? Like I feel like you're gonna lock a person in there one day, <laughs> and then your rebuttal at the like I thought they were ghosts. That's my bad. Oh man, I don't know. I don't <laughs> they know. go to see the library. That's like, terrible. I hate that situation. It's creepy. Did he say he checked every time or no? No, I think okay. it got to the point where it was just like something creepy's going on here, because there was no when he would check there would be nobody in there, right? That's and there's no other way out. Like you have to check in through him, and you have to check out through. Him. Right, I hate that. And every now and then he would also see an odd shape at the deep end of the pool that gave off the appearance that someone was lifelessly floating, but. Kind of like the figure with the locker room, he remained confident that there wasn't actually anybody in the pool because he would have known. He would see them go in. Interesting. Talking to friends and other employees about what he was witnessing in the pool, he found out that many years before he started working there that someone actually did drown in that spot. No, my God. Now, this is something separate. That's what he told me. That's his words. I found this article when I was actually researching other stuff. Get out of town. Uh, it's from a WordPress blog. It's called okay. Bibliocult, which is excellent because <laughs> they're taking bibliotech, which is the French word for library, and then adding cult. It's excellent. But anyways, this is a quote from that blog. In 1899, Robert Peebles was found dead under, quote, mysterious circumstances in the swimming pool. Was he murdered? Did he drown? Some said that they've heard splashing and sounds of people crying for help from the swimming area. I really hope they checked it out instead of assuming it was a ghost. <laughs> Unquote. Oh my God. So that wasn't included by him. That was something else I found. But That's it's, something separate you found? It's tying it together. It's like oh when you were talking gosh. about, it was like our last listener submission with Katie, with uh, the, the London dungeon. Yes. That's, oh my gosh. That's crazy that Dude, you found it separately. We got dungeons. We got libraries. This is the content you come for. I'm yeah. believing the bazaar. Wow. My mind is blown right now. That's nuts. So these are, and you're at work. It's not like you're ghost hunting or you just happen, like you're at work. I'm going to clock in, see some ghosts. That's a real true ghost hunter or paranormal investigator. Yeah. So these were just common occurrences. These were just like normal shift, going to work. Dad's like, don't work too hard. (laughs) And then you leave. Played by demons. (laughs) So what do you think about working a night shift at a basement pool? I don't think I like that very much. Probably need a couple of cups of coffee to keep me going. Just drink, like just sipping coffee while you're in lifeguard duty. Yeah. I don't think I'd want to be a lifeguard. I feel like 99.8% of the time you're getting paid to just watch people swim. But that like 0.02% where you literally have to save someone's life. That's when you make it or break it in the lifeguard world. Yeah. It's hard to come back from letting someone go. If you don't, if you don't do the most important job of the lifeguard in that 0.2 seconds. <laughs> You gotta get fired. When you see someone drowning is when you call 911. 
<laughs> Call someone who knows what they're doing. I only know the Heimlich. Oh, I think like like pro lifeguards on like beaches. I think that's a little more intense. Yeah, there's waves and sharks. <laughs> we're, we're talking about ghosts, bro. <laughs> You're right. I'm off track. You're right. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. At Believing the Bazaar, we take pride in escapism. But sometimes, there's nothing more important than tackling real-life issues. Do you find yourself struggling to achieve particular goals throughout your week? Find yourself feeling down? If so, we highly recommend BetterHelp. They assess your needs and personally match you with your own licensed therapist. BetterHelp promotes a healthy, encouraging, and judgment-free zone. Their therapists specialize in a variety of areas, such as stress, anxiety, depression, LGBTQ, grief, and general trauma. Yeah, a couple years ago, I was struggling with anxiety and depression, and I took it upon myself to go to a therapist, and it helped me so much to get through those things to a point where I can continue with my day now, and I'm able to put out the podcast and enjoy my life a lot more. And this is not a crisis line or self-help. Instead, you securely speak with a licensed therapist online from the comfort of your own home. You can send a message to your counselor anytime, day or night, or schedule a weekly phone or video call. And as a listener of Believing the Bazaar, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com forward slash listener. Choose counseling that is convenient, affordable, and professional. Again, that's betterhelp.com forward slash listener. Join over 1 million people who've taken charge of their mental health. Hey, do me a favor. Look down at your shirt real quick. Does it scream spooky vibes or paranormal aesthetic? If not, you need to check out Loudmouth Threads. Loudmouth Threads is a small artist-run shop. Artist meaning they actually create awesome designs and high-quality merch. I'm a big fan of their new Cryptid Research Team shirt, which proudly displays many cryptids we've talked about right here on Believing the Bazaar, like Mothman, the Flatwoods Monster, the Fresno Nightcrawler, and the often forgot about Dover Demon. If you happen to like horror movies, trust me, you are going to like Loudmouth Threads. We're talking It, The Thing, The Shining, Pet Cemetery, Scream, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, It Follows, Hereditary, and more. Love all things Stephen King? Check out the Losers Club tee. You won't be disappointed. And these are just my favorites. You'll have to check out loudmouthreads.bigcartel.com yourself to see which creepy shirt speaks to you. And for all you bizarros out there, use the promo code BIZARRE at checkout, and you'll get a very lucky 13% off your entire purchase. So head to loudmouthreads.bigcartel.com and use the promo code bizarre and that's with two r's not two z's like i messed up for about four months on social media and you'll get 13 percent off wear your paranormal clothes the only way you know how loudly with loudmouth threads okay so that those are his day-to-day normal shift activities and experiences. So now let's get to the three moments during his three years of working at the Basement Pool Athletic Club Library of Carnegie Homestead, <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> These are his three moments that really stand out. Like where it got real. Where it got real. Okay. One. So Beck's first unusual memory encounter was based off one of the typical occurrences that we already talked about, seeing a shadow figure walk into the men's locker room. That's what this is based around. Okay. So it kind of went according to plan. You know, the figure walks in, the figure doesn't walk out, but this time, for some reason, he didn't go into too much detail here. He said it felt more realistic. Like, I think it got to a point, and this is just me putting my perspective, I think it got to a point where he was like, that's a ghost. That's a shadow figure. I'm not even going to think twice about it. I'm not even going to check when I lock up. It just, it is. That's what it sounds like to me. But something about this particular one, I think there was this like thought in the back of his head where, okay, it, it looked like a shadow figure, but there's something about it that seemed more human. Like that could have actually been a real person. It had some Tommy Bahama pants on. <laughs> it was a Bahama Bahama shirt, yeah. swimming trunks. 
said, hey, is the locker room this way? <laughs> Don't forget to let me out. <laughs> but this, this shadow figure, this unusual looking shadow figure was the first and only swimmer that had come in so far that night. So honestly, he really wasn't paying much attention anyway. And according to the athletic club's rules, swimmers were required to rinse off in the showers through the locker room before they could enter the pool. I think this is pretty standard for mm-hmm. a lot of yeah. like YMCA type stuff. Because mm-hmm. people are gross. And being a super old building, the pipes for the shower would often bang loudly when someone turned the water on. You'd hear the pipes ring throughout the entire time that the person was showering. Be pretty annoying. Yeah. Or you tune it out. He probably, I think he would. So about five minutes or so after the figure walked into the locker room, he heard the banging of the pipe. So this, no way. So there's another reason where he's like, okay, maybe this was a real person. Maybe, yeah. maybe this is real. Okay. The shower's on, you know, that's something. Then seemingly out of nowhere, Beck says it was like a wall of men's cologne hit him. So while he it's it's really hitting him from every sense here besides taste I guess in touch <laughs> but he sees the shadow figure he hears this banging from the shower and then he just smells this intense amount of cologne the way he talked about it was like literally when you walk through one of the department stores oh, like yeah. the cologne the perfume section oh, yeah. and you just like or like any Hollister if that's still a thing I'm yes. not 17. I can't. I can't do that <laughs> shit anymore, dude. I went into a pack sun accidentally over the summer. Man, they I, they, they did pretty much all but kick me out. They're like, <laughs> "Hey, Grandpa, you're not gonna fit in any of these jeans. They only go to size Luke Skywalker at 28." Wow, that's not true. But really, all he's used to is smelling the pool and the chlorine. There's no reason one he should smell cologne. Two. Even if it was like that person, they're not by him anymore. They're in the locker room, in the shower. So he had no explanation for why this intense fragrance of cologne hit him. So Beck stood up and almost immediately the fragrance went away. But then his mind went back to the shower and he realized it's been a while. Like not like a super long time, but it's been a pretty long while. He never saw the shadow person leave or anyone else for that matter, and the pipes were still rattling. So someone had to be in there. So he went to investigate. So naturally, as he's walking, he yells, everything okay? And there was no answer. So he knocked on the shower and yelled again, are you okay in there? And he said there's a lot of elderly folk that like to swim in this haunted library basement. Sure. And every now and then, one of them might slip and fall. So do you really want to walk in on a naked person in a shower? No. But when it comes to safety, you know, somebody could be hurt. I think it's just kind of like, you got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. It's kind of his right. job because it is literally his job. Now, I don't think they think about lifeguarding in the shower. I think it's <laughs> focusing more on the pool, but. You got to do what you got to do. Right. So he decided I need to make sure this person's okay. So he opens the door. There was no one in there. The shower faucet was running, but it was completely empty. So he turned the water off and he walked back into the locker room and he started inspecting the area. There were no watermarks. There was no wet spots. There were no wet footprints. There was literally no evidence that any person had entered that locker room with wet feet and had turned on that faucet. Wow, man. Oh, So confused and creeped out, he went back to the pool deck and he sat down and almost immediately he started smelling this intense cologne again. And then he saw the same dark figure leave the locker room. Maybe he was glad he checked on him. He's like, thanks, bro. (laughs) Oh, that's creepy. Now, I didn't find this, but he said in his note to us, Similar to the pool drowning at a later time, he learned of a middle-aged mill worker that had died in those showers of a heart attack. Oh. Oh. That explains a cologne. So, Beck's second main ghostly encounter is similar in that it involves the showers. But this time, he was not alone in this experience. So, it was near the end of his shift at the pool, and he was locking up 
But before he could completely shut down the area, he had to wait for this little old lady to leave the woman's locker room. She was a regular at the athletic club. Her and Beck were familiar with each other and had a friendly rapport. While he was waiting outside the locker room doors, he heard a terrified and shrill scream coming from inside. It was the old woman. Not that he potentially wanted to run in and witness an 84-year-old woman naked, but similar to checking in the shower previously, he felt that, you know, if she was in danger, it's his job to to help her. Plus, she screamed, so more obviously than the first story, something was wrong. So he entered the locker room and was frozen because it was completely dark, pitch black. He fumbled for the switch and quickly turned the light back on. And she was just standing there in the middle of the locker room. Once her eyes adjusted to the light, she looked at Beck and started screaming, Beck, why would you turn the lights off? You knew I was in here. I could have gotten hurt. And Beck replied, I was outside waiting at the table for you. I knew you were in here. You're my last swimmer. I didn't turn the lights off. And she continued insisting that he did turn the lights off. And they argued for a few more minutes before finally Beck said, look, you've known me for three years. I make sure nobody is in there before I walk in and turn the lights off. But this wasn't good enough for her. She knew he was fibbing because she saw him. The old woman said that she saw him walk by barefoot, turn the lights off, and then leave the locker room. Got a doppelganger involved? Bad juju. Oh, no. But it wasn't him, and there was no way it could have been anyone else. Uh. Again, like I said, they have to walk past him to leave and enter. So unless somebody was hiding around the area... Yeah, that happened to look like him. Yeah, exactly. But he claims he never saw anybody besides the old woman enter, and nobody else could have been there to turn off the lights. They checked the locker room. It was just her and him. That's nuts. And a bummer is that she never really got over that, he said. Like, it always kind of ended up creating a distrust. And yeah. She was, in his words, the biggest fan of him after that moment. Gotcha. So his third encounter, and in his words, this is what he said. Quote, the last thing that happened wasn't crazy scary, just impossible. Quote. Okay. That's good. That's a good lead in. Yeah. That was the laws of physics. You yeah. remember at the top of the episode. So he was closing down the pool and the locker rooms and he was finishing cleaning up. In the corner of the basement, they had a cart on wheels that was in the shape of a tower that held all the pool noodles and the floating devices. It was made of PVC pipe, but was really sturdy and surprisingly heavy for how it looked. In Beck's three years at the Carnegie Library, he'd seen kids climb on this, tons of roughhousing, never budged an inch well as he continued cleaning and locking up he walked past it but the ropes in the pool and he heard a squeaking noise he ignored it at first because it was an old building really old building and it made a lot of creaking noises then he heard the squeaking noise again followed by a louder and deafening crash he looked over and the entire cart had tipped over and the pool noodles spilled out everywhere. Freaking out, he walked over, picked it up, and was inspecting it along the way. Nothing was broken, the wheels were fine, and again, this thing was heavy. There was seemingly no reason or cause for this cart to flip over. Without missing a beat, Beck radioed to his boss, told him what happened, and basically said, yeah, my bad. I'm not going to be able to lock up tonight. And he ran out of there. Wow. I don't blame him. So in Beck's words, quote, I'm not sure what goes on there activity-wise anymore, but that was enough for me. I stopped working there shortly after because of a change of jobs. But I will definitely tell you that place is haunted and just odd overall. Unquote. Wow. That's, wow, that's great. Yeah, it's interesting how not like the most scariest moment can be like the calling it quits but like when something like that the final happened, straw yeah yeah like not necessarily scary in itself but just knowing 
that you're sharing a space with something that could do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, you can't, like, I feel like we both have witnessed some weird things. I feel like you can start justifying over time. Mm-hmm. Where when that happens, I mean, like what? You can't, yeah. You can't justify that away. So I want to go a little bit into some other things that have happened at this haunted library and what other things people have reported on. So I stumbled upon this, and if I find more about it, I'll post about it. Apparently, Ghost Hunters, Taps, went there and investigated, but I don't have access to the episode, and I don't... There was no article written about it. It was more about the idea of them. Yeah. Like, oh my god, famous, you know, sci-fi channel people, Taps, Ghost Hunters, are coming here. So... Yeah. I guess it's a credibility thing. It is, They thought it was big enough to go there. Mm -hmm. On a much smaller scale... But not less important, a local paranormal team called the Oakmont Paranormal Society did an investigation in 2019. Oh, wow. I was kind of scouring through their, their Facebook posts to see what they would find and everything. Yeah. And I don't know the full extent of what happened, but one of the tour members, apparently, because they do tours. Like, it's oh, not yeah. just like, we're going to get locked in shut the doors for 24 hours. You know, you know what I'm talking about. It was just like a guided tour and you could like ghost hunt with the team. Mm-hmm. But apparently one of the people that were there on tour caught a picture of a shadow figure in the music hall. And everybody was around the stage. Everybody at that time was near the stage. So the fact that they caught this shadow figure at the end, like by the door, the entrance, mm-hmm. they could not debunk it. Wow. I will be posting this on social media. I'll tag the Oakmont Paranormal Society in as well. Show Absolutely. them a little love. I'm going to show you the picture right now. Okay, cool. Another famous investigation was done by the library's event coordinator, Lynn Cochran, and lead investigator of the Western Pennsylvania Paranormal Hunters, TJ Porfelli. And it was actually turned into a biography documentary on the A&E channel. That was called My Ghost Story in 2012. I didn't see the actual video. Same thing. It's like, I feel like you got to kind of either have a streaming platform that has it or you got to catch it on TV. Mm -hmm. But I did find an article that actually discussed their findings. So I can tell you what they claim to see. I can't prove it to you. Okay. I can tell you what they found. So apparently they caught a book moving on a shelf in the fiction section. Camera on a book and it moves. Okay. That's something. Yeah. They also captured auditory paranormal evidence on a digital voice recorder, such as a woman screaming in the music hall Ah. and a voice in the actual library that said, don't put the book back. Oh, okay. I think I didn't write anything in here about it. There was kind of multiple articles I was Mm cross-checking, but I think maybe it could be the spirit of a librarian or something where it's like, you're going to put it in the wrong spot. Don't yeah. put it back. I got this. <laughs> I got this. Visually, they captured a quote, black mass unquote, that was seen by an investigator. And this black mass was creeping around the front row on the music halls balcony, which is one of the places I mentioned earlier in the episode where it was common to see paranormal activity. Yeah. I don't like creeping. Yeah, it's a it's a adjective cre- creeping. It, yeah, stalking. Oh, yeah, hunting makes me feel like crawling. Which I don't know if that's what that uh, means, but yeah. No, I feel like it's like hunched over, like yeah, I'm creeping. Cochran, the event coordinator of the library, was similar to Beck in that they initially didn't believe in ghosts, but they were quoted as saying, "quote I guess I get a feeling of what you would call mis." Is it mischievous or mischievous? I've said this before <laughs> on here, but I don't know. Mischievous. Mischievous. What you would call mischievous coming from someone or somewhere. It's subtle, it's selective, but it's something that cannot be explained. Unquote. So with all of that, are you ready to go to the discussion? Yes, I am. So before we get to the discussion, now is the time that we like to thank our patrons and especially our new patrons. So thank you so much to Greg and Jalen. This is a perfect segue 
because I don't know if you noticed. I don't know if you follow us on Facebook or Instagram. You should if you don't. But if you do, you probably saw this. Jalen is actually the artist of our first ever holiday merch. She created the awesome Mary Not Miss, which features two creepy yet fantastic not deer flying an alien Santa Claus in a sleigh. I love the design. It's so freaking cool. It's our only it. it's our only holiday design and yep. it's our it's our only sweater merch item. Everything else mm-hmm. is hoodie or t-shirt or tank top. So if you want to show your love for all things paranormal even during Christmas time, if you want to re- <laughs> if you want to rock the not deer, if you want to freak out your aunt. Yes, cuz y'all want to freak out your aunt. Yeah. You can head to our shop and check that out. But this is about patrons. So I do want to tie this in as well because it slips through the cracks January, which is only a couple weeks away. Crazy. Every single member of our dedicated tier is going to get a unique merch item. We can't tell you what it is yet. It's a surprise. We've seen it. It is awesome. And we're excited for you guys to get it. It's designed by our terrific graphic designer, Eddie. Every single dedicated tier member of a patron automatically gets it. Yep. Like, that's it. So you just get it. That's all it is. You're a member in January. You join in January. Doesn't matter. If you are part of our dedicated tier, you automatically get this awesome merch item. So that's that's what I want to push. Also, I want to apologize. I was sick out of my mind when I recorded our last <laughs> Patreon segment. I was in Florida. Yeah, I was also sick for the Loudmouth Threads ad. But, which also, you should check them out. I know they're not patrons, but they are awesome, and they have amazing shirt designs. This so, is after their ad just came out, too. So. Yeah. Thank you, Greg and Jalen. Thank you, all of our patrons, and everybody for listening. It means a lot to us. Let's go to the discussion. So we have a haunted library. Well, library is a loose term. (laughs) A haunted funhouse area, amusement park. So we both believe in ghosts. That's just understood. Yeah. So I want to frame it this way. Is there anything you don't believe about this story? Or is there anything that we've talked about that gives you pause? Again, specifically backstories like the paranormal investigations are one thing and that's really good supplemental content but the main focus of the episode is Beck and his experiences so in terms of that is there anything that jumps out to you that would because i feel like when we do a ghost story on its own as long as it's not un- ridiculously unbelievable we already i feel like we're already at the top of the spectrum mm-hmm. for believing it so i want to ask you in a very roundabout way is there anything that brought that skill down for you backstory was totally believable nothing was a red flag for me just the fact it was so ordinary yes. i think made it really impactful i agree entirely like it's it's mundane and it's mundane not in the real world it's a mundane on this podcast because i mean we talk about things like the michigan dog man and skinwalkers and possessions and and these larger than life creatures and experiences so when you get to shadow figure walks into the locker room and then doesn't come out compared to like fresno nightcrawlers that's like yeah so what yeah but in the real world when you're at your job and you experience this and you can't explain it and you're alone in there that's terrifying yeah that's the kind of stuff that doesn't that makes you not want to go to your nine to five yeah so you go to that six to nine fifteen <laughs> that's right it's just creepy I I agree a hundred percent. It's it's everything is uh, digestible. Like I yeah. feel like it, you can nothing is mind blowing, but for me that gives it more credibility. Plus there are a couple of the stories and uh, articles I found that backed up things that he was saying. Yeah. So where do you land on the scale? I know this is oh. pretty short discussion, but there's I mean it's it's, it's a ghost it's story laid out really well. Um, believable. Same, yeah. Same. I think he's saying it's haunted. We're getting other paranormal investigating teams into paranormal investigation teams going there and claiming it to be haunted. You know, skeptics like this library coordinator, event coordinator, like even skeptics that are there for a short amount of time are saying that it's haunted. Back himself. Yeah. So I, I have no problem. I, like I said, I, I'm biased. I go into this already believing in ghosts. It's kind of like you got to give me something that just, kind of throws red flags up yeah reeks Mm -hmm. of bs so that is our episode 
on the haunted Carnegie Library of Homestead near Pittsburgh. All right, Charlie. So you heard the episode. Yes. If if you're if you're done, you're done. It's like it's cooked. To this point, if you want to get off the exit, you can. It's right now, we're medium. We're cooked medium. <laughs> if you want well done, stick oh. around. Uh because oh. we're gonna talk about your your Florida trip. We're gonna talk about some health thing happening in my life. And because honestly, I haven't really talked to Charlie about it. This is going to be a very, this isn't like a, oh, let me find out what I wrote. This is off script. This is, this is, uh, yeah, genuine. I, I want to hear about your trip. So if you, if you listened so far, thank you for joining us. If you want to bail out, we'll catch talk. us next week. See you next week. Yeah. So my trip to Florida was, it was a lot of fun. Of course, it was a lot of fun. It was Disney World. Uh, we stayed there. We drove down, which was grueling. Cause it's a long drive. That's like 20 some hours, right? It was like 18, but I scheduled a dentist appointment on the same day we were leaving. Oh yeah. See, we thought that was a good idea. Cause I was like, Oh, you'll, you'll get it all out yeah. of the way. No, it was, it was a terrible, terrible idea. Were you able to drive? Yeah. Barely. Barely. <laughs> I hit four people. <laughs> Added some ghosts to that highway. It was bad, but it was beautiful. Once we got down there, I started feeling better. Like the couple days. Sunshine will do that. We, for you. Oh, it was so I wouldn't nice. know. It was like, in the 20s, 30s here while I was down there, it was just like beautiful palm trees and we had some amazing food and it was good. Talk about your experience getting, going to the fancy restaurant in the Star Wars show. <laughs> okay. So I posted on our Instagram, like uh, I'm in one of the fanciest restaurants I've ever been and I'm in jeans and a Star Wars shirt. I think I'm underdressed. Because it, it's Disney, they kind of expect you to be in, like, casual wear. The khakis with the, the, the sunscreen on your nose. Yeah, yeah. Like, they don't, like, bat an eye at that kind of thing. But I still felt, like, uncomfortable. And, like, I should have I should have dressed up more. Like, Steph's wearing a dress. Her mom looks nice. Her dad looks nice. I look like a schmuck. I'm just like, ugh. They're like, welcome to our restaurant, sir. We just have to do a preliminary check. <laughs> Can you afford this? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Just put it on my tab, Jim. Uh, yeah. That rem- did they put the the hand behind the back when they poured the water? It wasn't that that okay. fancy. But and you got was... and you got fried chicken. I did. It was really good. What did everybody else get? Do you remember? Steph got fried chicken, and the her parents got salmon. Okay. Yeah. And, and this is the menu that was that's in our Google Drive right now. No, that's that's Homecoming. I don't. I I don't know. Anything. Homecoming is one of the best restaurants in Florida. I think. Did you buy that lightsaber? Yeah. Really? I have it at home. What color is it? Purple. Ah, oh, Mace Windu. Yeah. Nice. It, it's so cool. Is the new Star Wars exhibit thing there or no? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's really cool. I haven't been to Disney since I'm 16 because I'm went an adult, on the, so. I went on the Rise of, shut up. <laughs> on the new ride, the Rise of, Rise of the Resistance. Yeah. That, that was so cool. You have to do a formal and an informal shout out to the listeners that yes, literally met you there. Absolutely. Uh, I, I feel in, like I'm guiding this. Your no, conversation. no, you're right. I t- there's, there was so much that happened. A lot happened. But I got to meet two listeners. Well, actually, one listener's girlfriend. She uh, probably <laughs> listens by, you know. She said, she was like, I listen when it's on the radio, which I totally appreciate the honesty. Gage and Cheyenne drove three hours to meet me in Disney Springs. I was flattered and overwhelmed with emotion at the same time. It was so much fun. And we got to hang out for a good couple hours. It was, it was a lot of fun. I was at a Cavs game suite for that. So I, I, mean, I wasn't too jealous, but I was pretty <laughs> amazing. I was stuck in traffic when you tried FaceTiming me. I was really sick actually last week, as you could tell by the last episode's Patreon segment. It um, is what it I didn't is. think it was that bad. So was there anything else about your Florida trip that either I should know, or the listener should know? Because you you text me every now and then about different things that were happening. I didn't like, want. I knew about the lightsaber. You. I didn't want to bombard you. Thank God. <laughs> Snowy, twenty eight degrees. I don't want to see your Florida pictures. It was it was a really good time, and I'm glad I got to take that time. Was I there... hope you enjoyed the Yulet episode. Yeah, that's true. You didn't get to really speak about that. That was fun, just fun. So we... let me hear about your stuff. Okay. So, and I've tried this before and I failed it. So my goal is to not fail it this time. So my manager at my job is a, like, a freak. And I mean that in the <laughs> nicest way possible. Like, he eats incredibly clean. He works out. His, like, warm-up workout will be my year's most intense workout. 
so we always joke about like, oh, are you going to get Denny's on your way home? Are you going to pick up, you know, Wendy's or something? So we every now and then I'll do like a food challenge with him and I'll lose and then I'll pay yeah. the price. So this was the goal that we had before. And because I'm always trying to look for ways to inspire myself to lose weight and get in better shape and stuff. And what I did before is I used to do keto. But being a vegetarian, keto is incredibly difficult. Like you can do the high fat, but you're supposed to do high protein. And it, like you can do nuts and you can do like certain vegetables high protein. Just butter. <laughs> Just butter. I joke literally that he takes a stick of butter, puts it in the freezer, and he like, then eats <laughs> it like a, a lollipop. He's so much into the high fat, like the avocados, the grass-fed butter, and all that stuff. Coconut oil, MCT oil. Mm-hmm. But anyway, here's what I have to do. My side of the bet is if I get to 8% body fat by June 15th of next year, I've already calculated it out. It's about 28 weeks. I got it broken down. I Every seven weeks, I got to hit like a quarter of my way there. I don't even know where I'm at now. Like my, my Fitbit scale doesn't have batteries in it. So <laughs> I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm optimistically floating with a number in my head. And if I'm way over it, I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> But if I get to 8% body fat, one, I'll feel damn good about myself. Two, he has to eat a McDouble and French fries, which doesn't seem, I mean, that might be your Tuesday, but I literally think he'll explode. Do you think he'll gag? I'm probably going to get his job because he's literally going (laughs) to blow up and die. Okay. Well, he actually, for me, it is a burger. For our patrons, you know who I'm talking about. But for everybody else, our producer, Ben, is doing the same challenge as well. Oh, is he? He is. And that's the French fries to that. Okay. But anyway, if I don't, if me, you've seen me. Maybe not all of you have seen me. If I don't get to 8% body fat, which is, let's just say likely, I have to do burpee suicide. 20 burpee. Not... 20 burpee suicides, but not in the way you think. It's you do 20 burpees, uh-huh. suicide. 19 burpees, suicide. Oh, my 18 God. 18 burpees, suicide. He literally said, I might do it with you just for fun. Yeah. That's, so that's how you get to 8% body dude, fat. Listen, I played basketball with him one time, and he came down, and his shoulder hit me, <laughs> and it was like Mike Tyson punched me in the shoulder. Jesus. Like, literally, I can't imagine being in the NFL, like, where all these guys are just, like, <sighs> no. rock solid. I'm just like flubbery. Like. <laughs> but that, so that's, that's my goal. And even if I don't hit it, if I can get like to 11 or 10%, yeah. and I'm not saying that should be anybody's goal. Like it's my own personal goal. doesn't matter. This is <laughs> my own personal goal. But if anybody out there has ideas, advice, and remember, I obviously keto is awesome. I am vegetarian. So if anybody has any fun tips to help me hit that goal, so my manager can blow up. Just kidding. He'll be fine. <laughs> He'll be fine. He'll be fine. That's where I'm at. That's kind of my mindset and my goal for the next six months. So that's the end of our rambling. For those of you, like the five of you that stayed around and listened, cool. <laughs> this isn't going to be an every time thing. It's no. just, I literally haven't seen Charlie in like three weeks. So mm-hmm. it's good catching up. And if you enjoy this type of banner, I'll say this. We will always put the episode first. Always. I mean, 95% of you are here for the content, not me and Charlie. We both know that. We understand that. And we appreciate that. And that's the way we want to go. I'm mostly here for the content. <laughs> mostly. Sometimes for the water and the tea <laughs> and the atmosphere. But if you do enjoy these kind of end of episode banter things, just hit us up in our Instagram DMs or Facebook us. I'll probably miss the Facebook thing. That's kind of on Charlie. I don't get those notifications. I don't know why. Instagram, I'm on it. Facebook, eh. But hit us up if you like this. And if not, you know, it is what it is. It's just won't be an all the time thing. Always will be at the end. But it's just good to kind of catch up a little bit. Yeah. But anyway... Thank you so much for listening. As always, I'm Tyler. And I'm Charlie. And catch us next week on Believing the Bizarre. A podcast as bizarre as you are.